my Bible. Good morning. Well, this is our last sermon in this series on the parables of Jesus. We have traveled through Jesus' teachings in Mark and in Matthew and in Luke. I hope you have enjoyed our master's parables as much as I have. I love how Jesus uses stories and the things of this world to actually challenge our perspective of this world and to help us see what is really real, God and his kingdom. So I thought it'd be just kind of fun to to take a moment to think about the parables that we've been through. We've been through the growing seed and the, the mustard seed parable where Jesus was telling us that the kingdom is here and don't be put off by small or seemingly insignificant beginnings. We also looked at the wheat and the weeds and the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin. And there Jesus tells us that the kingdom is going to experience challenges and that God rejoices when lost are found. When we looked at workers in the vineyard and the rich fool, and there again we see the generosity of the master. We see the generosity of our God. And we see the wrong perspective of the recipients. We looked at the unforgiving servant that shows us that blindness to sin means blindness to grace and to love. We looked at the friend of midnight where Jesus shows us that desperation in prayer, recognizing our need, opens us up to the caring love and mercy of our Lord. And last week was the bags of gold where we are seeing the extravagance of the master, the importance of knowing the master, and the opportunity we have to grow his assets. It's been a great, um, beautiful teachings that we've been able to engage with. And we can see from all these parables that Jesus is the master teacher. He uses words and phrases so well. He's concise But what he says just packs a punch. He's simple. He's memorable. He's profound. So let us hear his teaching to us this morning from Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 44. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, He hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Holy Father, we praise you 
for your word made real and true in your Son. Jesus, may we abide in your love and obey your commands such that your joy is in us and our joy is may, may be complete. And Holy Spirit, counsel us in the truth and guide us in paths of righteousness to the glory of the Father and Son and Spirit, we pray. Amen. Well, as we have learned in this series, the best way, one of the best ways to understand Jesus' parables is to understand the implicit or the explicit question or situation that Jesus is responding to. And in this situation, it's, it's really straightforward. Jesus sets it up for us. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like. So that's kind of the question what is the kingdom of heaven like? Is like? And even though that seems very straightforward, the interpretations and applications of these parables has been, is, is very far-ranging. And wrestling with Jesus' teachings, it's really difficult. It's hard. And it's, it's hard, one of the hardest things is to know when to stop interpreting. And we've talked about this in preaching group, because every element in every parable does not necessarily represent something. And so there can be a tendency to look for meaning when it's not really there. For example, you know, what does the field represent? What does the treasure represent? What does the man represent? So we have to be careful that we don't put in meaning that isn't there or wasn't intended. So here is a list of things that I think this parable is, is not about. What, what Jesus is teaching here is not specifically addressing. So one thing is it's not telling us to hide the kingdom of God. It's not promoting unethical or sneaky behavior. Jesus is not saying that the kingdom of heaven is an economic transaction or something to be bought. This is not a teaching about our works or about salvation by grace. And this is not a plan for how to find the kingdom. This is not about reward in heaven or about the age to come. And it's not about impoverishing oneself for the kingdom. Jesus talks about sacrifice in other areas, but that's not what this one is about. And it's not describing the pursuit of perfection. So what is it, what is it about? Well, I think the summary is, is the kingdom of heaven is like finding something of ultimate value and responding with wholehearted, joyful action to pursue it. So let's break that down a little bit. Finding something of ultimate value. So it's like a hidden treasure or a pearl of great value waiting to be found. It's hidden. That's the first thing. 
So Jesus in these parables assumes that the kingdom is hidden, which is kind of a revelation in itself. But even though it's hidden, like in the field, or it's hidden in plain sight, like the pearl in the marketplace, the kingdom of heaven is available to be found. All right, let's talk about the finding. So as I mentioned before, Jesus is not describing how to find the kingdom. Neither parable is a plan for that. And I think that it show, it's, it's clear because the parables are different. So in the first parable, the man stumbles upon it in the field. And in the second parable, the merchant is seeking it. So seeking or not seeking is not really central to this teaching. What Jesus is talking about here is the find. The find of the treasure, the find of the pearl, and its ultimate value, its pricelessness, its worthiness. So like I said, whether we stumble upon it or we're searching for it, it's the find of the kingdom. It's worthless. It's worthfulness. <laughs> worthlessness. Worthfulness. Um, and there, there's a, a, a component of seeing it, of recognizing it, of recognizing its value. And as Jesus so often says again and again, do we have eyes to see? So let's talk about the ultimate value in recognizing it. So the kingdom of heaven is like finding something of ultimate value. So what's interesting is these parables are not about sacrifice. Because people, Jesus is describing something, finding something that is worth way more than what those individuals had in that story. These parables are describing some, finding something hidden that is worth everything. And they joyfully and excitedly took all means to pursue it. So finding something of ultimate value leads to joy. The man in his joy went, all, went and sold all that he had. So if the kingdom is worth all that we have, and we recognize that it is worth all that we have, then joy and celebration are really a natural result. Joy goes hand in hand with our finding the kingdom and pursuing it. Let me say that again because I know I need to hear it. Joy goes hand in hand with our finding the kingdom and pursuing the kingdom. Now, this is not to say that life in the kingdom is easy. Remember Habakkuk, as he wrestled with the Lord and as a difficulty the Jewish people had and the Jewish people were going to have, and how hard that was for Habakkuk. But how he ultimately, at the end of that wrestle, wrestling came to joy. And also, this, it's not to say that there is no cost in following the Lord 
But the message in these parables, I think, calls us to a perspective that is intriguing and really attractive. And I really want this perspective. I want to cultivate joy and celebration as I recognize the value of God and his kingdom and as I pursue it. Now, this is not a happy, clappy joy that is divorced from reality. This is a deep-seated sense of well-being that is rooted in the knowledge that God is the true treasure, the treasure of ultimate value. And that anchoring truth puts everything else in perspective. And it produces joy. Because we have found what is of ultimate value. So what are some barriers to joy? Well, one barrier is missing the treasure. I think first is not seeing its worth. Again, the question, do we have eyes to see? And then the other one is getting distracted by lesser things, idols. Now, a cautionary word about the treasure that Jesus is talking about and some of the perversions that are out there, the health, wealth gospel and the prosperity gospel. So the treasure that Jesus is describing here is not money, It's not worldly success. It's not wealth, health, or circumstantial peace and tranquility. This is about recognizing real treasure, true treasure, solid treasure, and aligning ourselves with it. It's about focusing on what is true and noble and right and excellent and praiseworthy and admirable. Think about these things rather than distracting ourselves with lesser things. One of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, says, Our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So the linchpin idea in these parables, is joy. Being surprised by joy because we have come across something of ultimate value that is worth more than we can imagine or hope for. So recognition of value drives the joy, and then joy drives the response. And the response is wholehearted, joyful action. When the treasure is found and identified, one joyfully responds and does 
all that is needed to pursue it. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this is not about our works, and this is not about salvation by grace. Jesus is describing what it looks like when someone grasps the overwhelming and enormous value of the good news in the kingdom of God, and just the the natural response to that. Recognizing the kingdom, or really any action of God, does elicit a joyful response. So if the kingdom is present, a radical response is needed now. And I think it'll be great to talk about what that radical response looks like next week in our groups. Because often it's a lot different than what we think, or at least that's what it's been in my life. So if the kingdom is worth all that we have, then joy and celebration go hand in hand with our wholehearted, joyful pursuit of it. So what are the barriers to our joyful pursuit, our joyful response? Well, one, I would think, and these are ones that I experience in my own life, hedging our bets. Again, C.S. Lewis Our temptation is to look eagerly for the minimum that will be expected. We are, in fact, very like honest but reluctant taxpayers. We approve of an income tax in principle, and we make our returns truthfully, but we dread a rise in the tax. And we are very careful to pay no more than is necessary. So in this parable, Jesus is challenging us to see the kingdom for the treasure that it is. And then respond accordingly. Pursuing it with joy, with all that we have because it is worth it. So what's another barrier to a joyful response? I would say that would be eyes on self and not on treasure. Are we blinding ourselves to the abundance and treasure of the kingdom by focusing on our inadequacies or our limitations? And if that's the case, I just think of the the account in Mark 9 where a father brings his child to Jesus and says, if you can heal him, please do. And Jesus says, if I can... And the Father says, help me in my unbelief. That is our cry. Help us in our unbelief so that we may see the true treasure of the kingdom and the power of Jesus. Because Jesus says, everything is possible for him who believes. Now, responding with joy is not about busyness or a longer to-do list, or more check boxes, or more sacrifices, as if that was a true measure of joy in our Lord. And aside, sometimes I wonder, at least in my life, pursuing busyness or endless lists are actually a cover-up for lack of joy. 
rather than an overflow of it. At least that's what I've experienced. So how do we respond in joy? Well, as always, let's look to Jesus. We read one of my favorite passages earlier in the service from John 15. Jesus said to his disciples, remain in my love. This is how you do it. You obey my commands and you remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my father's commands and have remained in his love. Here's the kicker. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Jesus is joyful. Jesus has joy to give. Jesus has joy to share. I struggle with a wrong perspective of duty and obligation often. And that wrong perspective leads me to resentment and anger and self-righteousness. And that's why I love this passage and I love to struggle with this passage. I love to think about what it looks like to remain in Jesus' love, obey his commands, and experience joy. I want Jesus' joy in me, and I want my joy to be complete. Hebrews 12, 2. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus was enamored with his father. He knew his father and his kingdom was the true treasure of ultimate value. and He lived that way. Everything he did, everything he said, was for the father so that we may know that he loved the father. And he did it with joy. I want that. I want to be so enamored and so in awe of the treasure of God and life in his kingdom. That joy, as I'm crying, that joy is the linchpin of my life in Christ. So the kingdom of heaven It's like finding something of ultimate value and responding with wholehearted joy to pursue it. 
the parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl of great value, they are a call to discipleship. And they are a call to joy, ultimately, because that's what a life of worship is. That's what a life of the worship of our Lord looks like. Finding the treasure generates joy, and then joy generates that response. Ultimate value is found in Christ and his kingdom. He is worth all our efforts. And he has told us this so that his joy may be in us and our joy may be complete. Please join me in prayer. Jesus, open our eyes so we may see again the ultimate value of life with you. May the joy of you as our treasure energize and animate our lives to the glory of the Son and the Father and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.